Bam, we're live. What a weekend. Is that okay, Vian? What a weekend. I can see you. Uh, no Bill Henniger, but the Dave Castro. What'd you say? Said no, Bill Henniger, but the Dave Castro. I don't, you know, many years ago I asked Bill Henniger if he'd be on my podcast, and he said he doesn't do podcasts. Are we live now? We are. Okay. Guys, we are not going to get this chance. I'm surprised we have this chance. If you have any questions, you should call in right now and you should ask the Dave Castro. I'm, I can't believe I got him to do this. Maybe I didn't get him to do this. You know we're live, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you ask me a question if no one's going to call in? Oh, I am. I am. I am. But I just want people to know because I know that at any moment you could split. And I want people to be like, yeah, I call. I was on the Seven podcast. You could call in and talk to Dave. And I did it. Uh, you said, um, I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse. And I don't know if this annoys you. And if it does, I'm fine with skipping right over it. But it's, it's kind of like around the steroid thing question. But someone in the DMs the other day sent me a DM and it said, hey, they're talking about all this prevalent steroid use in CrossFit. And I'm like pushing back. No, it's not like that. I don't think they're talking about how you can get around drug testing. And I'm just kind of like learning and asking questions. And then they kind of just pushed me too far. And they said, Hey, and and everyone knows, and there's people who talk about it, about athletes who've been protected by HQ. And it's just, uh, well, you, you, you you don't respond well to that question because you know me well enough and you know that like I would love to bust Rich. I would love to bust Matt. I would love to bust Tia. I would love to bust any cheater in our sport, regardless of how big or popular they are. The fact is they don't pop. And um and so I don't we've tested all these athletes a lot. And when I say I would love to, it's nothing against them personally. It's just for the, that's how, that's how much we care about the integrity of our sport and the testing protocol and actually having a clean champion. So this notion of us protecting any popular athlete because of, um, or, or this notion of popular athletes being protected by us is completely false. There's, there's no motivation for, by us, by me personally, by our team, to uh, to protect anyone, protect any of these athletes. And if there was, yeah, that would be fucked up and we would be negligent in our role as uh, as essentially the caretakers of the sport to find the fittest man and woman alive. And, you, and do you trust the testing policy? Well, here's the deal. Like, yeah, it's a third party. It's someone external from us. I absolutely trust it. Truth be told, though, here's the here's the unwind that farther out and let's start discussing. And maybe this is what some of the implications are, but we're not protecting from this. The notion of like, you look at Belco and Barry Bonds and during that period, um, you look at like what those guys were doing, Belco Bay area lab they were um, providing um, bonds and his, some of those other guys with steroids. And, and the term you heard a lot was designer drugs and, and stuff that was getting around the testing. I cannot speak to if any of these guys are doing this super high level stuff that is getting around our testing. 
And hey, and if they are, and if there's funding there, like there's limits to the testing protocol, I guess. Uh, I'm not trying to degrade or downplay our testing. Our testing, it's a legit organization and they test at the highest levels. I'm not saying anything against them, but I am saying there has been instances in sports and especially sports where there's a lot of money, money gets you a lot, where athletes are able to get their hands on call it designer drugs or or things that um, maybe some of these tests don't cover. Um, so in terms of all the things that are more common, we're definitely able, we're definitely catching. If someone's doing something that's, uh, or we're definitely hitting and testing for, and testing at the complete highest level of what testing agencies are able to test for. Did you see the movie with the um, so Russian? My point is, if yes. one of these guys, if one, it comes out that like this entire time, say Matt or whoever was doing something and, and um, he probably had a lot of funding and a lot of money if he if, to pull that off because to, um, to essentially beat or to not be caught by our services. I'm not, and don't, watch someone going to clip that and say, Dave's saying, um, I'm not saying that he's doing that at all. That's not my point. But my point is um, we're doing everything we can to test them. And there is limits to the whole testing across all sports. Use Colton Mertens. Use Colton Mertens as an example. He's, he's not, he's not very sensitive to that stuff. He has thick skin. Use Colton Mertens as hey. Um, so this is the, this. Is, did you ever see the movie with the Russian guys? Um, and it was the Olympics and the uh, they talk. They show about the cheating in the Olympics and the Sochi Olympics. Did you see that documentary? No, but everybody told me about it. I never watched it. Okay, well, here's what's so fascinating about it, Dave. They, you know how they cheated? How? They fucking had to break into the lab get the samples break into each individual sample there was a hole in the wall and all it really at the end of the movie the one thing that it told you is is like holy shit the testing is perfect the only way to cheat is to break into the lab and fucking steal and 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 swap out the um the samples the urine samples or the blood samples that was my takeaway from the movie so so many people their takeaway from the movie was like holy shit um you it's so easy or everyone's cheating no, it was the exact opposite. It was like, holy shit, it's impossible to cheat unless you have Putin helping you. Because it could be because, well, it, then because I think we're almost saying very different things. Who, me and you? Yeah. You're well, what do you, you mean? From that movie, it's impossible to cheat. You're saying you learned from that movie that it's impossible to cheat. What I'm saying is, um, people like Barry Bonds, he didn't cheat that way, right? He, they, they were cheating back then with stuff that, and maybe the technology has progressed so much that they are catching everything. I'm saying, I believe with enough money, there's probably still stuff that you can use or get around these tests. Now, my (laughs) point with all of this to wrap it up is that money and that level of money isn't in our sport yet. Meaning these guys, these guys aren't Barry Bonds making 10, 15 million a year or, or any of these other major ball sport athletes making millions of a year who can't millions of millions of year who can spend money on this really high, high level stuff. And, and, and what I tell people is that there is the level of bureaucracy in CrossFit Inc. At least when I was there was so minimal that if there was cheating on the basis of the company was trying to protect people, I don't, I mean, 
I don't know how I would not have seen it. I mean, you, it would just have to be, you would have had to have had that relationship with Matt, with Rich, with, you know what I mean? Like, like I would have seen it. Well, uh, here's the thing, like, and, and those names I said, almost all of them I really like and I spend time with and uh, I'm friends with. And the thing is, like, that wouldn't prevent me from being professional enough to say, okay, you're busted. We, we're going forward with it. And you have to, um, you have to face the consequences. Of course. Uh, caller, you're on. Who's what's this? What's up, Devon? This is Tom Guerin. Hey, Tom, what's up, brother? Hey, I'm going to take you in a totally different topic. Please. Uh, Dave, I'm hey, uh, totally up. Did you watch uh, the Rogue Invitational, any of the events on TV? I did not, no. Okay. So, but you were, my question is more general than that. Um, I'm totally obsessed with this sport, but I'm also a sports fan in general. And the problem with CrossFit on YouTube or on TV or broadcast, whether it's ESPN, is that it doesn't feel like sports. If you know what I mean. It's very hard to follow the action. I know you program events specifically for the spectacle, but I'm curious, what are your ideas to make it more like TV friendly so that we can watch it and uh, make it more accessible to a broader audience? Well, um, that's a great question, Tom. So thank you. Especially, so in the early years at the games, uh, I really felt that and I really saw that. Like, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to track the event. So in the earliest of years, like 2008, um, I was up there and we had three different things going on at a time. We had, um, it's funny because I was talking about this with my team the other day, yesterday. We had uh, a thruster pull-up workout going on, a Fran-like workout, but we didn't call it Fran because they had chest of our pull-ups at the time and um, a deadlift burpee workout, and then we had a run. And we had all these people there, and we had fans there, and everyone's watching, and you had no fucking idea what was going on. You just saw people <laughs> doing stuff. So at that point, I literally was like, here's the problem, and funny as it is, I'm going to fucking insert and solve it. So what I did at that point was I picked up the mic, and I started giving updates on what was happening on the floor with the mic. And that was like, and really, when you look at the commentators now, like I was one of the original commentators at our events and I did it for multiple years. Uh, and then eventually, you know, obviously passed that on. But uh, so I started calling the events and I was calling the events for the sake of the fans that were there to see or, or to understand who was winning. Look in lane five as, um, as let's say, Jason Khalifa is doing, you know, he's on his set of 15, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then, as the sport started to get bigger, and and interestingly, the next year, when you look at 09, when we programmed the final event, the um, the chipper for that year, you even look at that, and that was a down and back chipper. It was a chipper that went down, and then it ended with a lunge back and forth. And even at that point, it was like, all right, we got to start visually laying these out. Then we ended up going to Madison. I'm sorry, Car uh, Carson. And when we were in Carson, we started doing a lot of things. And there were workouts we'd do where they were just, you know, still not visually intuitive to understand what's going on. And what I mean by that is, like, let's use the Fran example again. If you're doing 21, 15, 9 thrusters, pull-ups, and you're going back and forth on the same bar, pull-up bar, and same thruster, it's really hard to tell who's winning. So I don't remember what year it was, but I normally at the games, throughout, at different points in the games, I'll go up into stands and kind of review our work and look at the field of play and look at what's going on. And I realized 
I don't remember what year this was again, but I realized I want people to be able to go get a hot dog, come back in, sit down, and be able to tell who's winning. That's the story. That's the visual. That's what you have to see. And and that's um, and the essence of that is in now. Let's take Fran again. Now the way the direction we went is we ended up having three bars and three barbells. So you do your first mm-hmm. set of you do your first set of twenty one here, twenty one pull ups. Then you do a set of twenty one um, thrusters here. Then oops, I'm going the wrong way. Let me see. I'm trying to get it framed in. Here we go. So you do 21 here, 21 here, 15 here, 15 here, nine here, nine here, and then you cross the finish line. And so even though it's a classic workout where in our gym we would do it at one bar and we would do it with one pull-up bar, one barbell and one bar, um, starting to stretch things out and lay them out. So it's the same test, but they're marching down the field of play. So that early on became a super high priority, priority to me. Then putting lane markers on the floor, putting number or number flip cards. What is that? What is that beeping, Savon? Is that your phone or my phone? That's mine. I just told the guy to call back in five. Tommy, call okay. back. Call back in five, Tommy. Um, hey, Dave. I think no matter where you go, Tom, this Tom G- Gearin's going to say, "Hey, but it's not working." I appreciate all. I'm not done. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Don't speak to me, Savon. All right. All right. All right. That, all right. that 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 was one aspect of it that became a high priority. Then eventually um, the, uh, when we started broadcasting, we started having rep counters on the broadcast, which helped a lot. And so the rep counters help a lot. And, um, and really the next level to all of this for the on-site, exper- on- on-site experience, I think that the physical movement and the laying out helps a lot. It would be nice to have actual digital rep counters on the floor. That's the future level. That's the next level. I think the broadcast is getting really good at laying out the um, the floor and the marking, or I'm sorry, the numbers and the rep counters and, and even verbally clarifying who's winning. With broadcast, oftentimes, I've always been a big, um, I push our team a lot to zoom out. Zoom out and look at the whole floor. Yeah, that's where exactly where I was going to go with it, Dave, is the broadcast yes, struggle. Your, yes, your events, everything you've said so far is awesome, but the, the broadcast, Bad, yes, I agree, Tom. It's sexy. Listen, listen let, to this. Let me, let me just lay one thing on you. I just want to no, say. Let me just say this. Let me say this. I'm going to say, I'm going to talk first. It's easy okay. for the broadcast and the teams to get sucked into um, getting close up. I'm fucking so over the zoom in close up of the beautiful bodies. Everyone, everyone yeah. wants to have the rock star zoomed in photo but, or image, but really, especially in the competition, there's a point where we should pull out and so you could see everyone and actually see how far someone is ahead of everyone else and see the race. Um, I think we have to do a better, better job of pulling out more often, pulling the camera out than, uh, than I was we do. That's what your mom said too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, hey not on my show, Tom, say. not on my show, hey. not to my <laughs> guests. <laughs> It's uh, it, there's two things with that, Dave, and I appreciate what you said because I agree with you 100. Um, percent It's like it's just sports, right? Like watching football, you're not just gonna look at a close up of freaking Tom Brady. It's like you got to see who, where the linemen are, if someone's about to sack them, if there's a guy coming on the other side of the field, like you have to see it, right? And this other thing, this may not be fair, but I just this has been my perception. I've been around for a few years. It seems to me like sometimes the on-air personality, the media guys, 
are just guys that happen to have been there the longest, not necessarily people who are really good at the job. You tell me if that's not fair, but it seems like the, the, even the floor announcers, the people who have just been the same people who've been there since the early days have just kind of been there and are not necessarily professional sports broadcasters. Does that make sense? It does. I think our teams come a long way. I think we use individuals who are highly trained, who maybe not were not in the beginning, but then got additional training. But yeah, you know, for the most part, we are leaning on people that have been in the community and who are uh, from the community and done it for a while. And I think um, there, there's a lot of room for improvement, and there always is on, on every aspect of it. So um, they're doing a good job, and they they have training on it. For most of them, it wasn't their initial uh, career path, but they kind of molded into it. Um, so I'm not going to be too critical of that. I'm pretty happy with them. The other thing I want to say about the uh, the visual aspect of it with what you're, with what you're talking about in general. Tom, that's I'm no- going to kick you to the curb dude. and let this other person in. So, <laughs> so on, keep, keep going, Dave. Keep going, Dave. I want to finish this to you, Tom. I want to uh, Hello? Yeah, hold on a sec, Andre. Let let Dave finish this thought, and then, and then you'll jump in here. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. The other thing to Tom was this, like, there's still a cost of, so in all of that, you tune into a football game, a basketball game, a tennis match, a, um, you name the sport and you have no background in it. Guess what? It's going to be really hard to understand what's going on. So sometimes people are critical of a sport with that narrative that, Hey, uh, no one, someone who doesn't understand CrossFit at all can't tune in and, and, uh, understand it. Well, guess what? That problem exists in all sports. The NFL is impossible to follow if you don't know football. Impossible. If you don't believe me, remember what it was like as a kid or try to follow rugby or try to watch cricket. That shit is impossible to watch if you don't, if no one's there to help you well, uh, understand to, to the game. Well, say something close to you, Simon. How about tennis and its scoring system? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Another, yeah, a great one. Very good point. And, uh, and, and finally, yeah, I just want to I mean, say this. Like- there are some incredible uh, 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 commentators, but be careful what you wish for, man. I like the fact that these guys um, are rough and rugged and that they speak from the heart. And because when I see these professional guys start coming into the UFC, like Max Kellerman and the guys coming over from boxing and Stephen A. Smith, they're fucking the UFC up, man. They like like stay over there with that cheese dick shit over at ESPN. I mean, I, I like them as the cheese dick guys, but I don't want them like commentating the fights. I need it to be well, Daniel yeah, Max and Laura Sanko. Boxing and- he understands boxing, but sometimes you hear him on, on UFC stuff. He does, it doesn't sound like he knows what he's talking about. And then you take Stephen A. Smith. I mean, oh, it just, in all the combat sports, it just feels like he just read an article and he's an expert that day. Uh, Andre, Thanks for calling, brother. Sorry for all the people who are calling that I got to keep hanging up on you. Just call back later. Look, look, if fucking someone's talking to Dave, don't call. Wait five <laughs> minutes. You're not me. You can't interrupt. Okay, Andre, it's, it's all yours. Uh, how are you guys? I have two questions. Uh, both are a Dave. Um, number one has to do with why isn't Sivan back um, as head of the marketing department in CrossFit? And it, it, who's that decision coming from? One, um, I've been doing CrossFit for 10 years. I'm, I, I like to say I'm one of the leaders in the Orlando, Florida community in CrossFit. And he understands uh, the CrossFit story and the marketing side, in my opinion, more than anyone. Why is he that one? And the second one, you have a completely different thing, is um, why is 
CrossFit um, in the matter of banned substances, why is it that, um, for example, like I have an athlete and she's pumped, right? She's one of the girls that pumped um, two years in Guadalupe, uh, two years ago. And we got the, like, the least amount possible that can be found in a human being with the new machines that are out. And that amount that my athlete had is considered contamination. It's not even looked at in sports like UFC, soccer with FIFA, NBA, but CrossFit. As soon as something, like, it doesn't matter the quantity, like, it's already banned for four years. So I have those two questions. It's not like, oh, I want to make a drama about it. I appreciate you guys a lot. I love Dave. I'm not a hater. <laughs> but yeah, those two questions. Why is so, uh, the first not back? Andre, uh, send me your Venmo account and I'll uh, send you money. The first yeah. question, the first question I didn't understand or hear. So we'll come back to that in a second. Don't ask it now. I'll answer the second question, what I did hear. So we're not setting the testing threshold or we're not setting the minimum requirements. Um, the agency we work with, Drug Free Sport, they essentially do. And we recognize them. And they work with a, a handful of other major sports. Um, and so, like, when they say CrossFit, like we didn't set that standard and there's a like, so, and you said she had a little bit that was over um, whatever the, the, the lowest limit was, but again, that's not a threshold or that's not a limit we made. And they're basically saying if you're, oh, and we're recognizing it and we're agreeing, okay, we're going to, we're going to follow this. Uh, that's loud. We're going to follow these recommendations and we're going to follow your standards. And so um, even a little over by the, by the testing world and by the standards they use is enough to have a penalty for. And so trust me, it's not like we're, we're sitting around saying, all right, well, let's set the limit for this or let's set the limit for that. We, we don't have the expertise to do that. And we don't have the, uh, obviously the knowledge or, or uh, wherewithal to understand what those are in all cases. And to your Drug second question, uh, the, the first question, I mean, I didn't hear that. Can you re-ask it? Please. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, thank you for answering. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate both of you so much. Um, I've been doing CrossFit since Pat went to the, the South America chicken in flight. Um, I, and obviously, I'm not inside her quarters, but like, it seems to me very few persons, and like, not because it's a advanced podcast, but like, it seems to me that very few persons can do what he did with the marketing department. And it's for, like one of the big ones, for example, in the this, in this sports side, why he's not allowed to do the behind the scenes anymore? He is like the greatest at this thing. Like why is he not allowed to do that? It's an eagle thing. And then why is he not allowed to go back at the head of the marketing department? So essentially your oh, question is I, 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 I got you. I got you. <laughs> and now I hear the question. Get him, and Andre. Get him. Um, Let's know why the fuck I don't have a job with CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, so that's those a, are that's a, I mean, that's a great question. I'm not going to uh, go there on this podcast. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate the question. I appreciate the support. But uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty loaded question for me to tackle on a public podcast. Uh, I, okay. I, Andre, I will, I will say that I will say this. It has nothing um, to do with Dave. I am fully, um, I am 50% uh, responsible for where I stand today. 
that's for sure. But I appreciate you asking the question, and I um, I, I love the uh, affiliate. I love the affiliates. I love the, the anyone who's pushing the health message. It's really cool. Okay, brother uh, Andre, uh, I'm going to take this other call. Are you cool with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah thank thanks, you, Andre. Uh, okay. Go back to behind your feet, real please. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Tommy, what's up, brother? <clears throat> Nothing. Hey, uh, two statements and one question for Dave. Um, one, I love that Chad's getting um, publicity again. The workout you designed on behalf of your old uh, teammate. I think you guys served together in the same squadron on the East Coast. Uh, also, I worked with your old boss, Scott Moore, and he had uh, he said you're a phenomenal operator. The question I have, though, is Travis Mayer earlier today said, you know, if the CrossFit Games wasn't a, an entrance to the Rogue Invitational, athletes would peek to it because of the money. Are you excited more that CrossFit's getting more popularity, or does it take away from the CrossFit Games? You know, like, say if athletes could just go to the Rogue Games and win more money oh tom hold on tom hold on a second tom hold on a second brother those are uh i don't know if he heard any of that tom he's driving um dave did you hear any of that no i heard what he said about the the first two statements i heard what he said about scott moore uh talking about me as a uh operator and that's a the being a respected operator by someone like that is uh the the type of uh the type of words that mean a lot to me and why who is that guy why, why who is that guy um and it's also the reason why i don't like post and talk about it and because i still really respect that, that community and those people from that community um and then your second piece i didn't hear what you said was tom start uh, over uh, at the beginning of that because i was having trouble even i could hear you but i was having trouble following what you're saying something about the comp the road competition in relationship to the games yeah sorry about the scott comment if that was inappropriate um but no i just wanted to Pass it along. Um, no, no, no. What's not Travis Mayer, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but no, Travis Mayer earlier today said, you know, if the games weren't an entrance to the Rogue Invitational, people should just, not people should, but hey, maybe some athletes would just peak for that due to the money and the payout. Do you think it takes away from the games or you like that the sport as a whole is getting so popular? I don't think it takes away from the games. I like that the sport as a whole is getting more popular. I think it, um, I think more, the more major premier events like this that give athletes opportunity and gives an audience to the sport and gives an audience to the athletes, um, and the community ultimately is a good thing. So, um, I guess, you know, to Travis's point, well, here's what's good about it. You're not going to get to – well, here's what I do like about how Rogue's running it. You're not going to get to the Rogue Invitational um, and get an, a chance to compete for that money, at least with the current model, unless you do the games. And so, obviously, I respect that, and unless you perform at a high level at the games. So, uh, I mean, they could have a model, which um, they don't, obviously, where – they're not taking games invites or I'm not, not taking, not taking games invites, but they're not looking at the leaderboard from the games or this year's um, top athletes. And they're just selecting others. And then maybe if that was the case, people would, could might deprioritize the games and just try to compete in that. But I don't think that'd make a lot of sense. Very cool. Well, thank you for taking my call. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the, the information that you led with. Of course.
Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Savant. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, who's got it? Did you, did you serve with that guy, Scott Moore? We'll talk, we'll talk after the call. I'll tell you after the call. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. My favorite. Um, Dave, there was a, 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 there were a lot of comments, um, and I know you didn't watch the games and I'm not asking you to be critical cause I know you, um, you respect, uh, uh, bill, but I'm curious what you think about this. All right. We won't go there. What was that? Uh, that's a caller. I was going to ask you about the time cap of event one, but 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 stand by. Jim, are you there? Jim, you're on with Dave. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good, good, good. Hey, hey um, one one funny thing first, and then like a, a serious kind of a serious question after. Um, I don't know if you guys heard the latest from PETA wanting to outlaw the word bullpen in Major League Baseball. And one of the companies called the Arm Barn instead of the bullpen. Another one of those woke cancel oh, culture things. It sounds boy. kind of funny. Wait, you're joking, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, it's it's all on the heels of um, the whole thing with the Atlanta Braves and the tomahawk chop and all that stuff. It's Peter's way of kind of piggybacking on that. Wait, what? Would, what's the choice after bullpen? What's it called? The Arm Barn. Because they're baseball players and they throw the ball and it's a barn. For- yep, that's where, that's where the pitchers warm their arms up. Um, and they, what the reason says is it's insensitive to the cows. Huh. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but the sensitive cows, the sensitive, the, sen- the sensitive cows are the ones that taste best, though. <laughs> I I personally, if anyone wants to call ah. me a bull, Sevon the bull Matosian. I will take that as a compliment. I, I, that's one animal I'm going with. Okay. And then the one, the one question I had, and um, I asked of my, I asked my level two instructor about it, and he didn't have like an, not that he didn't have an answer, but it was like it was one of those things he just couldn't explain like why it happened, but why and when, and why did people get away from just straight CrossFit programming? I mean, you see so many programs out there available, you know, proven fitness. You know the you know all these other all these other things that sell their programming. Why have they gotten away from just pure CrossFit programming? I know they're doing the CrossFit affiliate programming now, and have that available. Um, and I'm watching this on my TV, like on a little bit of a delay. So I'm gonna hang up and, and, and answer so I can hear the full question. Sometimes it's hard to hear on the phone. But so, do you understand the question, Dave? Who's getting away from pure CrossFit programming? What do you, can you give me an example? I'm just saying, it's like all these places that sell, like, go on CrossFit.com. Why, when, when's the last time you saw one of these people offering programming that the workout of the day is a one-mile run? That the workout of the day is, you know, a 2K row for time. It's always a you know, warm-up, let's do a strength piece or a skill piece, and let's do a wad. Why do we always have to get our heart rates up for these workouts? Why can't we go in and back squat seven by one and have it take an hour with proper warm-up, cool-down, and mobility? It's gotten away from that, and I'm, I'm just curious. Amen. To, Amen. To what, you guys are saying as to why I appreciate that what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate what you're saying, and uh, at level thanks, one, Jim. Bill, throughout our course. Thanks, yes, thank you. Uh, we still promote and teach just one session a day, and even with TAP, they're trying really hard to promote that. I, um, for most people, one session a day is more than enough. And also, when I say one session, I mean going into the gym, doing exactly what he just said. Warm up, do some skill stuff, 
and then even hit a seven by one back squat and spend half an hour doing that and then cool down and then leave. That's more classic CrossFit. I would say unintentionally from the games and the influence of the games athletes early on, I saw this trend where uh, a lot of games athletes, especially because of what happens at the games and because they progress so far in the program and in the methodology, uh, they're able to handle so much volume. They were able to early on do more and do additional uh, do additional workouts and do two or three workouts in a day and do strength and do multiple CrossFit workouts. And that definitely influenced early, call it eight, nine, 10 period. Um, a lot of affiliates and even athletes and even just um, participants in CrossFit. And there was a, a kind of a, even a mentality of, um, of more is better. And so within an hour, why just do one CrossFit workout when I can also get some strength development, strength development and do some strength and then do a CrossFit workout. And you really have your clients doing all um, a lot of stuff and staying busy for that whole hour. Um, I don't recommend that, especially for, especially start talking about new CrossFitters and people coming into your gym for the first time. That's just way too much volume. Hey, the truth is, even for an individual like me, who's been doing CrossFit for 16, 17 years, that's too much stuff for me. If I'm hitting any one of those single elements with enough intensity, and that's the key aspect, is if it's only a seven by one back squat day, hit that with enough intensity and go at it and take it, uh, put it on a, a serious elevated pedestal in your mind of like, okay, I'm going to hit these really hard and go for it. And if you're going to do that, you're going to need extensive rest, two, three, four minutes in between sets. And if you're going into the gym and there's not a heavy day and it's only a CrossFit workout, well, warm up thoroughly for that. Prepare your body for the movement, prepare for the movement, and then uh, hit it really hard as uh, relatively speaking, how you feel that day. You might want to back off a little, but um, I do agree with his sentiment that uh the community has kind of gone away from from more of that core CrossFit, just one good session a day in a in an hour in a class um, approach. Now, the second piece of his question was some of these other programming proven and some of these other things you can um, subscribe to. All of those are great. All of those are an option. Oh, my battery's low, by the way. Okay, um, all of those are good option. They're just providing something else for the consumer. And 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 the thing is. There's obviously a demand for them, and so for the for individual or for for the programming from these individual athletes and coaches who've um, who've made a name for themselves in the sport and excelled. Um, there's a demand for that type of programming, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, fault them for that. It makes sense, and a lot of these guys, some of these guys are making a, a really nice living off of it, and so that's great too. I have not dug into any of their programming, anyone's programming enough to look at it or critique it, and nor would I publicly. That's not my place. I wouldn't dig into um, Frazier's, Kia's, Matt's, anyone's, and critique it. Um, but, you know, and then you look at someone like Miranda who did street parking, and that was such a, she took the opposite, she went against the grain. Uh, to, towards what everyone else was doing. And instead of doing CrossFit for the highest level, which most of them targeted with their programming, she went CrossFit for the um, 
for the for the everyday person. And that was such a smart play. And obviously, she has her nice little um, piece Empire. of the pie place in the Empire. world. And she's doing she's doing she's a piece of the pie she's carved out. She's living the dream. She's rich. She's got a sweet piece of Latin ass. Miranda's killing it. (laughs) Hey, Dave, um, Colin Lawrence says every sport has a preseason, regular season, and postseason. Fix the format or like tennis, make it a tournament style. I think, I think you do have, I think CrossFit does have a preseason, regular season, postseason. It's all the other players involved that make it seem like it doesn't, which, which I think is also fine. Like, look at Noah Olson. He's not fucking around with the Rogue Invitational. Um, he's he's for him. Um, may, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's injured or if it's just part of the fact that he wants to do it. Like Colin said, pre regular post. Do you have a response to that? So the uh, yeah, there's a game. The games has a season. It's the Open. It's a, uh, quarterfinals now, semifinals, and then the games. And uh, there's four stages to that. Just because the ball sports, the fucking NFL, MLB, NBA have preseasons doesn't mean we need a preseason like that. I mean, we don't. So well, well, it's just semantics, right? The well, Open is the preseason. It's not the preseason, though. So I, I will not contend that the Open, or will not concede to this idea that the Open is the preseason because the Open is so uh, it's necessary to qualify for the next stages. The preseason in those sports don't really count towards the seasons at all. So the Open. Well, is I not guess the I. But also, I guess like, I'm reading into what he's this. saying. Understand this. Understand this. I'm influenced by, I learn from, I know what other leagues and sports do, but I don't try to emulate or replicate or be the other sports. So early on, early on, I was very much like, all right, we're going to learn from, from a lot of other sports. We're not going to try to be other sports. We're going to be CrossFit. And you know what? Like the season we've made, and the way we do it is very much CrossFit. And I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the team and the 15 years we've, we've been doing it, where we're at now. So um, answer that thing. Uh, it's Andre. He, he wants to, the, the first time he, Andre wants to know why my wife got fired too. Not just me, but he's calling back. I Venmoed him 50 bucks. <laughs> What's up, Andre? How are you guys? This conversation is amazing. Um, I have another question for Dave, and this is my second call. Amazing. Um, Dave, um, I train a bunch of team athletes, um, and a lot of them, not a lot of them, a few of them, I think they obviously think like they're going to be great in the sport. Whenever you talk about cross sport and stuff like that, and now with the new direction of Eric Rosen and the investors and stuff like that, um, how is the infrastructure like in the next three years, five years, seven years, essentially going to look like for these teenagers that are like 14, 15, trying to be a pro-acting process. Like, for example, I have a 17-year-old that I'm telling her, hey, I think with this new direction, you can be a pro-acting here. You can make a lot of money. This is going to be probably like a new USC. Um, How do you guys, um, well, like, what do you think about that? So I think there's a possibility of it and for it, but it takes time, right? And I don't think uh, people should come into this at this moment um, thinking that they're going to make a lot of money and be this pro athlete like an NBA player or like an NBA star. Uh, the opportunity 
opportunities to make a lot of money in this, even at this point, are pre pretty limited and pretty uh, select. And that is not by our design at all. Meaning that just organically came from this free market uh, of the CrossFit community and from the, the way this has evolved. Um, we haven't placed every chess piece on the board to make it where these athletes make more money and these athletes, they've had to do a lot of work, but we've definitely provided the springboard and the platform for, for the growth of. And really at this stage, like hey, you, if you want to be a top level athlete, who's making a living or making a lot of money off of it, you have to be a top level athlete or meaning you have to be winning at the highest levels. If you're not winning at the highest levels, making a career out of this at this point is, um, is very challenging. And, and you know what, I'll be honest with you, that might be just okay. And for where the development is right now, that might be the extent of what's possible. Maybe in two, three, four years, there's um, enough money in it where you can make a good living off of this and have not even qualified for the CrossFit Games. Um, that might be the case, but that's also, you know, um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen organically from the entire ecosystem growing, from the games growing, from more major sponsors coming on board, for maybe some <laughs> big broadcast deals in the future, um, from other big interests happening in the sport. But my point of saying all of this is I can't sit here and tell you, yes, we have a plan for in two to three years, all these 16 and 17 year olds can be saying they're professional athletes in this sport and they'll be making a living because that's just too, um, it's putting the cart before the horse and it's, it's not addressing, it's not having other pieces that need to fall in place, fall in place. And now unwind that and you take a look at UFC and tennis and some of these other sports. Stevon could probably speak to UFC much better than I can in this regard, but like there's a lot of fighters making a lot of money and there's way more not making a lot of money. 1% of and, the fighters uh, make 90% of the money. 1% of the fighters make 90% of the money. I think that's Roger, the ratio. And that, it, and UFC is a sport that's been purchased for billions of dollars and has massive media rights and has massive uh, money pumped into it. And so, like, we still have a long way to go. And that's powerful, what you just said. 1% of the fighters make, did you say 99 or 90? 90. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, like, at our sport, like, I think only the top 10, not top 20, uh, actually, no, top 10 make a living. The other ones are food, like, or figure it out. My, 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 my question is well, before, I'll, no, I'll um, even say this, though. It's not even, it's not even the top 10 anymore. Because of Instagram and social media, I think you're able to make a comfortable living and make um, find your niche, especially if you're female, because of the way social media works. Yeah, by the, leveraging. The body uh, stuff like that. Can, I, can I jump in yeah, here a second? Yeah. Can I jump in here, Andre? I want to. Yeah. I, I want to throw some things out there. Um, I want to talk to you about. I want to name off some um, some games athletes that are that are that I suspect are wealthy. Ready? Um, the former by games way, athletes. What what's wealthy? Like. 200 a year, 500 yeah, exactly. uh, Andre, that's a great question. That's a five hundred, five, five, uh, five hundred and up. A year. A year. Okay, let's go. Uh, five, probably. Uh, Miranda, Miranda Alcatraz, Al Alcaraz, Ben Bergeron, oh. Ryan Fisher, oh. Marcus Philly. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second, boys. Wait a second. Wait a second. Jason Kalipa. 
Jason Kalisa, all of those people I think today probably make um, uh, 500000 or more a year. Now I'm going to name off some guys who I think maybe make um, closer to a million dollars a year. And I could be totally wrong. I'm making this up. Um, OPT, uh, Matt Fraser, Rich Froning. Now I'm going to tell you yeah. the richest former CrossFit Games athlete by far, more money than all of these people combined. Do you know who it is? It's very obvious. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Katie Motter. Now, what? What? Katie Motter. May, 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 maybe one of the maybe one of the richest maybe one of the richest Katie Motter, the, uh, the owner of Rogue Fitness. Maybe one of the richest. Yeah, yeah, maybe one of the richest women in the United States. When I say that, I bet you she's in the top ten thousand richest women in the United States. I bet. Now listen, I'm, that's my guess. Now, how? None of those people made that money. None of those people are rich because of the money they won from the games. And all of those people I mentioned that, that from what I like Ben Bergeron, workaholic, Ryan Fisher, workaholic, Marcus Philly, workaholic, Jason Kleba, workaholic, OPT, workaholic, Matt Fraser, that he doesn't have another mode, a uh, rich froning, my God. Um, and, and rich has something special because people just want to be around him and work for him. And Katie Motter, are you kidding me? I bet you she doesn't even sleep. She, I just want to say a word about them. Yes. I think a lot of, because I want to honor them. I think a lot of what we are, like across, like a lot of it, because of those two. Those two are, they embody the spirit of, of CrossFit. I think Bill and, and her and his wife. Who? Um, you think? Hello. Who Who are you referencing? Bill and like the, the the rogue owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they are. It's insane how what what they represent. Right. But, uh, one thing you're talking about, like you're talking about people that use and very smartly, of course, like they use their CrossFit platform to boost their, I don't know what you call it, like their money, their money abilities or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just like a pro athlete. Doesn't exist. Like, it doesn't even exist in pro sports, I don't think. I don't even think what you're saying exists in pro sports. And if it does, it's so small. By that, I mean um, the, the president of the UFC, Dana White, said the being the UFC fighter is not a job; it's an opportunity. Like I don't think Conor McGregor's made. I think ninety-five percent of the money Conor McGregor has made is parlaying his fame. I think it's just like. Well, and here, take the average the average career the average career of NFL players like two and a half years being a pro. That's not a career, guys. That's like a a, a short stop in your life. It's a huge but I, accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment being a pro athlete for two years, but you're not a professional athlete for your entire life. Andre, I hear what you're saying. There are some. I'm not saying there aren't I, I, some, but I think it's just so much rarer than we think. I think these people are just like just. I, I mean, I, I would guess that Shaq has probably spent every cent that he's made in the NBA, and now it's all just, you know, everything after. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like I, that last one, this is probably from more of our calling. I don't know if Dave, if you watch UFC, but there is these two fighters from, from Dagestan. Their name are Khabib. Khabib, he's the one that beat Conor McGregor. I don't know if you heard of him. And then Islam Makachev, he's fighting tomorrow. It's going to be an amazing yeah, fight. So, like, okay, so if you compare, and I'm sorry if I'm taking too much time, but, like, if you compare these two, okay, and you compare them with Conor McGregor, it's like Conor obviously bringing more people into the sport. And Conor, because of his personality, the way he's selling himself, he can make more money. But, like, I'm just a, a romantic guy, but, like, I think for UFC, for, like, the sport of fighting, having Islam and having Khabib is better. 
when you translate that to CrossFit, if for example, let's say I'm a, I'm a girl, if my physical ability, like my physical ability, should be enough for me to win and for me to like demonstrate what CrossFit can do for the world in terms, in terms of the story and stuff like that. Why do I have to sell my body? Why do I have to show my abs? Why do I have to like you guys? You guys are talking about like the closest and things like why me as a teenage athlete, why do I have to sell my body and be nice and be beautiful, all those things, for me to be able to pursue these things? Because like, I, I need the money. I don't know if that That didn't make sense. What's he saying? Why do girls I have to show their ass question. to become famous? Yeah, but sense. but but Haley Adams is just just for shits and giggles. Haley Adams has got five hundred thousand followers. She's one of my most popular podcasts ever. And and man, she's not doing the thirst picks. I mean, I, I, but I, no, I, I I'm not arguing not. with you. I'm just no, 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 like she, she's one of the few. That's what I'm saying. Like, wait, what are it will be cool if CrossFit pushed somehow for more Haley Adams versus versus some other girls that are like. Do the queen story. Like, uh, I don't know. But, but here's the thing. We're going to, but it's uh, the, the athletes who excel. It's all, it's all not like we're not choosing and we can't prop up. And that's where like that question about like, do we protect certain athletes? Like whoever's becoming the superstars, if, if whoever's becoming the superstars are becoming the superstars in the sport independently. And it's all um, based off of faster times and stronger lifts. And that's the beauty yeah, of CrossFit. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter who the strongest and fastest is or what they're like, we're going to recognize them because we're looking for the fittest man and woman alive. So my point is yeah, like, that um, we're, yeah, the, the, you're talking about like, well, why don't we prop up some other wholesome people like Haley, Haley Adams? Well, I mean, maybe there's a bunch of them that just aren't competing at the highest level yet. And if they were, we would, but like, and I'm not saying other, any of the others are unwholesome either. So I don't want anyone to twist, take that out of proportion. But like we're just highlighting the winners or the the best in our sport and um, and how they behave or how they act on their own. That's all on them. And and again, I'm not being critical of how any of them act or behave. But I'm just pointing out like um, it's not by our design who's succeeding, or it is by our design by exposing them to the methodology. But it's at the end of the day, the work they put in and how they've taken the methodology to the next level in the sport. Um, is on them guys uh i'm not sure what's going on but event two should be starting soon and that's my bread and butter thank you boy uh thank you um I, last last one I, I don't know if you guys talked about this but um <laughs> andre's on a roll <laughs> no no last one it has to do with like money and they what what this is probably a very easy question it's gonna be a yes or no but um what what keeps you got like very answer, but like, what keeps you guys um, from from matching? Uh, actually, no. Like, what keeps you guys from like giving more money into competitions? Like, what, what's the main the main thing that like, oh, like we can't give you that that much money this year? Oh, like, that's a what, great what, what, question. That's a great question. Too bad I gotta go. What, you better what, answer that quick, Dave. No, so that's like, a great fucking like, question because I've answered this I, a thousand I, times for people. I want to I want to know the metric by which we can expect. Hey, next year we're gonna have more money, or this year we're gonna we're gonna do less money. I have another question. One, two, and <laughs> Andre, <laughs> there's not gonna be time. I'm gonna go watch event two. Oh, quick, very quick, very quick, very quick. That one and the second one is why the level one went from 
like not to renew every five, and now it's every three or two. And how come you haven't raised the price on the level one in in, in thirteen years or whatever? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, I really yeah. Like why isn't the prize money a hundred million dollars a year for the CrossFit Games? Tell me. No, not that much. Uh, but like, you know where I'm from. like some simple business. There's some simple business decisions ultimately <laughs> that are made at times in regards to like, hey, this sport is not cheap. And like the things we do are not uh, there. I would love to give more money to the athletes. I would love for the prize purse to go up. But for that to happen, there's some other things that need to fall in place. Um, we're not just printing cash with our event. Uh, I know a lot of people think we do and they think we just kill it. But like there's a lot that goes into running the event. What's that? I couldn't see. Nothing. I'm just doing live on Instagram live just so I'm, so I can get more people watching the show. That's I'm just showing the people on Instagram live. You talking, they can't hear you. Okay, go on. So there's budgetary constraints. You don't second question. (laughs) So the second question, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's okay to require from our coaches or from our coaching community, the people who are spreading CrossFit, um, revalidate every three years it was five if it's three now i don't see that as a negative um i mean there arguably could be more requirements like a yearly or every two years just to keep the standard of coaching high and that'll benefit um the community and the affiliates and crossfit as a brand and as a um a way of living for for a lot of people by keeping that standard high getting more people in the door so the the three-year renewal uh, I support, and it doesn't seem like it's off to me. And, and arguably, it could be even, it could even be less. It could be a two, a one to two. It could be an annual year. But if it was annual, I'm not saying it should be renewed with the level one. But, I think at that point, there money. could be other options. Like, no, I know, no. Like, but I'm not I, saying, so what I'm saying is, it's it $1,000 two years. $1,000 every three years. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that is, it is a lot of money, but it is what at, at the current place where we're saying that's our requirement i know i do know for a fact they're looking at other ways to uh keep the level one valid and current and nicole carroll wants to expand the program and give coaches other opportunities to renew but uh that's still in development roger they will guys all right thanks a lot thank you for the answer the question um if you guys did the man jake greg in the podcast very cool podcast Thank you. Bring I know. I'm killing it. I'm taking podcast. over. I'm taking over for my fucking little office here. Thank you. Okay, brother. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, you, Andre. Call back again. Not today, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andre was kicking some ass. More prize money. Hire like Savon back. He was fucking cleaning up. I want to hear TDC say, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Someone in the comments. Someone said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dennis Olari, uh, I think awesome. for the age of this sport, it's on, it's in the right direction, man. It's so crazy how fast it's grown. It's, it's nuts. You can't compare the sport to the other sports. I, mentioned. I, I agree with that statement. Like I, for this, for where we're at, it's mm-hmm. on the right track guys. Like we, we, uh, Hey, answer that just to stop it. Oh, they hung up. Sorry. I tried to answer. I, I went over to answer it. They hung up. The, um, you look at like the NFL 60, 70 years, baseball's been around, baseball and basketball 80, 90, 100 years, even the UFC. I mean, they had a good decade on us. And 
10 imagine where we'll be in 10 years i don't think we'll be as big as the ufc but we'll be in a much better place than we are now in the development of our sport i think we're on the right path and we're doing well i think uh people get impatient and want more and they see some having a lot and they want it too and um you just it's, it's hard and it's also hard to tell people to be patient with the growth but it's necessary i mean you can't um you can't rush this and that's what i'm learning and having created and developed and nurtured a new sport along um it it, it has to develop at its own steam i can't believe this i'm watching the rogue event while i'm talking to you they're doing a the, the, you, oh shit i lost the screen okay i should go i should go this um this uh, event's yeah, getting take- what? Take one more call. Uh, there, no one's calling. Call. No one's calling. No oh, one's that's calling. Nice. All right. Well, I guess I'm not. And no one's interested in. You're not okay, the draw you call used Andre to. Back. <laughs> just, just call him back, <laughs> Andre. We need you to call. Okay, here we go. That person's calling back. Stand by. All right. Okay. Shit. Uh Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, my goodness. Too many callers. Now too many people are calling in. Too many people. What's up, brother? Who's this? Who's calling? Hey, Who this? My name is Brandon. Let me get a let's go, Brandon, from Dave, for real. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Brandon. That's funny. Where are you uh, from, Brandon? Uh, Illinois, about two hours south of Bryan, actually. Okay. Oh, are you down by, um, are you down by uh, Mount Vernon? Uh, Bloomington. I'm like halfway between Mount Vernon and Chicago. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, all I wanted to say was I agree, um, with the previous caller, women sexualizing themselves a little bit too much, but we do need more of the males and speedos like Sam dancer, uh, all the time at the games. Uh, word, word. Uh-huh. Also, hey, they're Dolphin. not they're not sexualizing themselves they we're, we're just we're just as men born here to fuck and like if you don't <laughs> like that then like i don't know what to tell you and so in the meantime while we're not fucking we're, we should be building homes and, and gathering food and and building shelter and, and like and getting smarter but like i mean there i mean every single species here is procreating and so there's I mean, I don't want to be crass about it, but I also don't want to be dance around the subject to the point where it's like we're lying to ourselves. I don't want to be woke about it. Yeah, and to another point, there's a lot of... I won't get you canceled, baby. <laughs> yeah. You're above all that. There's a lot of uh, females that, or a lot of CrossFit athletes that aren't in the top 10 that probably make a pretty good living off their Instagrams or whatever they sell without being sexualized like some people think it might have to be that way. Uh, who who don't do that? Who make a pretty good living? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the only way. Like you said, Haley, of course, but I'm sure there's other options out there too. Hey, like three people called just now um, when you oh. while, while you were call, talking, and I just hit my auto reply. I'll call you back in a couple of minutes, but I'm not calling anyone back. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. You watching the game or the invitation right now? I am. I'm watching it on the screen below me. Uh, Jason Smith, the guy from South Africa, is going. I can't really figure out um, what exactly they're doing, what the protocol here is. Yeah, I'm not sure. It looks like a max or a clean and jerk complex one at a time. Yeah. Look at that. And of course, Dave hung up without telling me. Oh, he's good. Like Bye, that. Dave. 
All right, brother. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna head out. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank I'm gonna you. go watch the Rogue Invitational event number two. I'll be back in a couple hours. Ciao.